Pastor Mark is dancing. New Year's is coming. He's bringing it. Let's go, baby. Come on. Welcome to After Hours. Our final episode final of season episode. one. I'm here. My name is Brock Morgan. Mm. I'm hanging mm. out with uh, Mark Lohman. And Come we on. got Josh over here. Josh. Bringing it. Come on. That Josh Ferrer. Deep voice. Josh, just, just talk real quick for us. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. It's, it's he has like a little sex appeal. Dude, Come you, on. Have, you have a perfect radio voice. You thank, could do it. You. Have you ever thought about being like a DJ guy? I have not. Actually, hmm. I I could see Josh easy listening. Yeah. Okay, Josh, could you real quick? <laughs> Here, I got this. I know what you're going to say. Okay. You have been listening to the After Hours podcast. Please oh, subscribe. My goodness. Uh, close. I, I was going uh, <laughs> to. I like that, no, no, dude. It, it, it was good. It's good. Come on. Are you familiar with like Coast 103.5? Uh, yes. Okay. I want to hear your impersonation of like the Coast 103.5. Love songs on the coast. <laughs> he was getting in the mood. All right, ready? Hit it, Josh. You're listening to Coast 103.5. That's all I got. That's okay, I okay, I okay. Is, 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 that the, is that the station that has the lady people yes, calling yes, in? Yeah. What's songs? her name like? Uh, I, don't, I don't even know her name. Uh, we we the, can Google the, it. Uh, doggone it. It's, uh, it's the lady from the Bible who was uh, with uh, uh, Samson. Delilah. Is it Delilah? I feel like I it's know. Delilah. I'll, I'll, I'll look up her name. I feel um, like it's Delilah. Anyway, dude, guys, it's uh, Christmas. Karen Christmas. Sharp. Karen That's, Sharp. Okay, then it's not Delilah. Yeah, it's not. Close. There's someone called Delilah. I swear that I'm talking about. Can I, can I make a confession? Yeah. And this is great. This is just random riffy now. Uh, I was dating a girl in college. This is, this is before Rachel. And would have been I, weird if it was after Rachel. Yeah, that yeah, would that, be weird. That, that's true. But anyway, thank you, Josh. Like, <laughs> thank you for clarifying. <laughs> hey, we just want to, you know, set the record straight. We want rumors going out. You know what I mean? I was recently dating. Yeah. What? Pastor Mark said, what on After Hours? Um, so it is called After Hours. Uh, yeah. I was really, really, really close to calling in because I was trying to like win this girl. Like, okay, oh, like I want to make it. I want to do I, something special. I, I was thinking about calling in to Coast 103.5 and and doing the whole, uh, you know, I'm just going through this time right now and I just want to play this song. Uh, but I, I never actually did it, but I, I thought about it. So, <laughs> all right, guys, we got uh, New Year's Eve is just around the corner. So... Josh Brock, you guys got any any big plans coming up for the Okay, big, I was big? right. There is a Delilah that's a radio personality. It just must not be Coast. <laughs> I was right. Oh, where, okay, where, where's where's Delilah from? But obviously it's in Oregon. So it must have uh, it's, it's a nationally syndicated. Okay. She's from Oregon. Now. All right. So what are you guys doing? Christmas, you know, uh, was great. Yep. What are you guys doing? Anything uh, happening this week into New Year's Eve? Yeah. You guys going to a party? What's happening? Well, Josh, I mean, you're young, single. You man, have that sexy voice. What are you doing for New Year's? I'm I'm boring. Boring. <laughs> well, That's is better. what I'd like to, to say. Yeah. No, uh, I, for the better half of the last maybe 10 years... I've worked every New Year's Eve. Um, sure, Do, doing a gig, great do, doing gigs. a gig, yeah, yeah playing. It's it's one of my highest paid nights. Yes, totally. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, uh, it was the first year in a long time that I hadn't worked mm. on New Year's Eve, and I was like, this is, pandemic. this is really nice." So uh, 
funny enough, this New Year's Eve, I actually don't have a gig. Oh. And I say this now, but I don't think I'm going to take one. Good. Um, All I have, right. I have, you shouldn't. I have some stuff that I'm doing earlier yeah. that day with uh, one of my friends who's got a YouTube channel. And All right. We're just going to hang out. Um, but I think I think that's what I want to do. Just do nothing. Dude, sometimes doing nothing you gotta. is the best something you can do. You like that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was like, I was like processing it as you were saying it, <laughs> Brock. I definitely know that you like you like nothing because I remember uh, on a few episodes back I said nothing and you're like, ooh, nothing is so good. It's just so rare, you know. Life is just, but nothing sometimes sounds good. Can I ask you guys a philosophical question? Oh, how would you define nothing without something? <laughs> 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 it's a, it's a very fascinating thing to think about. I mean, I just it's just so rare to have nothing to do. No, it's not in our culture. There's yeah. never I always have something pressing, yeah. something to prepare for, mm-hmm. something to plan, yep. something to organize, someone to call, someone to spend time with. Mm-hmm. There's always something. Always something. And so occasionally it's nice to have a nothing, but it is rare today. It is. And uh so I want to talk to you guys not about nothing. I want to talk to you about something, a very important something. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to turn the corner here. Turn it. So, and I've been wanting to talk about this uh, since it happened. And uh, and so this is maybe for you, uh, Mark, something really personal and maybe something that you've been slow to share about. And I would completely understand that because it's just so fresh. We're talking about Revelation, our final um, episode, talking about the book. And the book ends with not just God, with Jesus making all things right, but with this amazing reunion of those we have lost before. They are resurrected, we are made new, and and I think in light of, as we are finishing up Revelation, you just recently losing your father as a young man. Um, how are you doing with all that? Yeah. Um, it still feels surreal to me. And, and um, um, I was actually just just talking about this a couple of days ago um, with another lead pastor who's about 10 years older than me who lost his mom. And uh, so we we're kind of like going through the same thing. So it was interesting to talk to someone else who we share a lot in common with. Um, I would say the weirdest part about losing a parent especially at a younger age. Um, the thing I realized is that there are very few things in life that you have always had since then you can remember. Mm. And so obviously, well, for most people, not, you know, depending on your background with your parents, um, I've only known life with my dad. Right. And so then all of the sudden, that's just taken away from you. It's, it's, mm. I, I don't know how to articulate that feeling, but that's the feeling. And so there are times, um, 
like this morning, I was actually in the gym and I've done a lot of my processing and reflecting on this in the gym. That might sound, that might oh, sound no, weird. Oh, no, it totally makes sense. You're away. I'm by myself. You're, you're I right. have headphones on. in. Yep. yep. <clears throat> and um, yeah, so to answer your question, it's just, it seems surreal. Like there are times where I'm just like, my dad's not here. Mm. Like, my, do my, you feel? I, I, I can't, I can't feel like, um, like there's a pit in your stomach that you can't shake. Is it is it yeah. physical like that? You know when you feel okay. Um, now I've lost people who are close to me, but not a parent, mm-hmm. not a sibling, and so. Uh, but I remember uh, loss in this feeling in the pit of my stomach, or some people describe it in their chest. This. Like some, just you just don't feel physically right. There's something mm-hmm. missing. There's something off. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that? Do you feel it physically? Yeah, I, I don't think I've had it. Maybe physically. it's emo- maybe maybe it's a, an emotional thing you sense that people describe physically. Yeah. So I haven't had the physical pit thing, but I, I think I know what you're talking about. I think for me, it's been more so. I've become, you know, in the last five weeks or so, um, very nostalgic. Mm. reflective, um, highly introverted. Um, explain, explain that. So I kind of just want to, so to combine all three of those terms that I put together, I have found myself wanting just to kind of sit down and just think about memories with my dad. Mm. Get away from people, noise. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, the nostalgia, the reflection, the introversion, like all coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's been more so how I've been feeling. I don't necessarily have like a deep. Yeah, I don't have the physical pit thing. I don't have like crazy anger. Um, um, I think I'm. I mean, I will cry again. I'm not actively like sobbing. Um, Does it come in waves? It, it, like it all of a waves. sudden, a wave will hit yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. A wave of sadness yep. hits you. Yep. Gr- I, gr- I would say grief comes in waves, and and people have talked about that. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely have experienced that now. It it is it is a, it's different moments and different things trigger. Um, I would say the toughest thing for me and I, where I found it to be the most triggering is two things. One, um, anything to do with my kids. And so I almost feel a larger loss for my kids not being able to, my oldest is five and a half. So Parker will have memories of his grandpa. Eden won't. Um, and so there's a huge loss there of mm. my kids will never really know my dad. And so the loss of having the opportunity, because I thought my dad, I thought, you know, he'd probably go into his 80s. I never thought 90s. Um, so I thought maybe, you know, we'd have a decade more together. And so that, mm-hmm. I feel like that decade's been stripped. And one of the losses of that is is for my kids. Then the second area, and I think we can go deeper into this as it pertains out of Revelation 21 and 22. One of the things... Um, and I've actually only, only told Rachel this. <clears throat> um, the day after my father passed, so I was doing a bunch of logistical things with my mom, helping her find a cemetery and just all that stuff that you have mm. to do, is I had some extra time left over. Um, and so I went to my high school, like physically the campus. And I walked around 
Because uh, you were over at your parents' house. Yep, it was over at my parents' house. So you're yeah. in the neighborhood. Yep, so five minutes away. And I ended up going to um, my high school baseball field. Um, so I played played varsity baseball four years, and I just sat down on the bench where my dad would sit mm. and watch me play. Um, baseball was one of our connections. Yep. So, you know, everyone has a connection with someone over something. And uh, baseball was one of those things for my dad and I. My dad went to every single one of my – he never missed. Right. Just incredibly stable and present. Um, and so I sat where he sat in the stands, and I just sat there for like an hour. Mm. Um, so I want to take that now, and then as we go into Revelation 21 and 22, so you mentioned at the beginning of this, Brock, understanding that passage – as a reunion of, of many, on many different levels. Um, what an amazing theological hope that to bring this home to me and really real is that I believe theologically at some point when Jesus comes back and he makes all things new, this earth itself is physically transformed. I believe that the scriptures would be aligned with my dad and I playing catch again oh for sure and in a very it might seem superficial but i find that incredibly healing to me yes um playing catch with my dad again when people think of the end times it's somehow void of the deep powerful beautiful Reunion that takes place, like and on a physical level too. On a on a very physical level, mm-hmm. we what happens in Jesus in His resurrected body, mm-hmm. the scriptures say will happen in us. He's the mm-hmm. He is the first, first fruit of that, mm-hmm. and the dead in Christ rise. Yep, and those who are alive will be with them. I mean, this is the, totally. the, we're just I'm just quoting scripture. Yeah, yeah, and so. The idea of uh, you having a catch. Have you seen the movie Field of Dreams? Yeah, yeah. classic. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's been a we, long time, but classic. Can we have a catch? And he actually yeah, accidentally yeah. calls his dad, dad. His dad doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Your dad will know. Mm-hmm. And the idea of having a catch. Now, my, my father lost his uh, dad in his 20s. Wow. He was in a Christian rock band on tour. Um, his mom got a hold of him. Your father's in the hospital, but I think he's going to be fine. And then the next morning, he's dead. And this was devastating for my father. Um, and he took. He said it took some some years where he felt like he wasn't grieving anymore, Mm -hmm. although I'm sure there's always a sense of grief, but it puts you in perspective. Death is not, and I just think theologically this is important. Death is the enemy. 100%. So when death happens- It's a bad thing. It is never good. Yep, toy. So like, now I understand death at times being mercy. Toy. Death Absolutely. is mercy, but it's not the original plan. 
Absolutely. And so there is a, always a sense of this isn't how it's supposed to be. So yeah. even when your elderly grandmother dies, mm-hmm. I sat next to her holding her hand and mm-hmm. watched her take her last breath mm-hmm. and she was gone. Mm-hmm. There is something like she's with present with God right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this isn't how it's supposed to be. Yeah. I, Brock, I think that's so good and so... Um, culturally common that I think it's probably a worth even just spending like three minutes on it. So, you know, it's obviously such an interesting thing for me being a pastor and and then going through this in the sense of, you know, a part of a job as working at a church is that we deal with hundreds of people. And so um, it was just interesting, the comments that I received from people, um, which let me make so clear, everyone has been so gracious so sure, so, kind, so right? kind-hearted, right. Uh, amazing posture. I mean, so it, like we, uh, one of the beauties I think of having a, a close loved one die is you you see the love and grace from so many other people love on you during that time, mm. and, and that that's been wonderful um, and overwhelmingly gracious. But to get to what you're saying is that I couldn't tell you how many times I had people tell me, "Well, we all know he's in a better place now," right, and. You understand you know, what they're saying. Absolutely. Because and, and, and heaven is a good place. Totally. And but the earth is the, our permanent yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like there's <laughs> so, truth in what they're saying. They're, right. So, you know, It's Paul, back to our nuance. Yep, to live as Christ, to die as gain. Right. But Paul also saw that heaven, being with Jesus after you die, wasn't the end of the game. Right. And that death, and this is what you're getting at, my dad passing away early, I mean, he was 72. But still, that is early. Was- And unexpected. Yeah, unexpected um, is a loss and not the way that it should have gone. Right. And so if we just fall into this, oh, well, he's in a, it's almost like we give in to death. We give in mm. to evil. And the beauty of Easter now and the beauty of Revelation 21, 22, which is so much more real to me now after going through this, is that death is reversed and defeated right. in my dad and all of us, we don't know when, but we will be resurrected and get our bodies back. Right. And as I think to, to quote the famous Tolkien, everything sad comes untrue. Yes. And so death is the enemy. Death is the enemy. And at the end, you know, the scriptures are almost bragging, oh, death, where yeah. is your sting? Yeah, Paul taunts come and on. mocks. He's talking trash. Yes. He's like, like death, where are you at? On, you got nothing. Totally. And so in the end, your father and you will have a catch. Mm-hmm. And not only that, we'll be having... He'll be carving the turkey at Thanksgiving again. Yeah, so good. And it's going to be this amazing. And so when people think about uh, what happens at the end, don't think of your death being the end because there is life after life after death. Yeah. And let me just say that again. Yes. Yeah. Do that. There is life after life after death. Right. And there's new life. There is new creation. And right. that is the ultimate story that we cannot let get lost. And so you can watch your Disney movies and talk, you know, and how they teach us 
how death is a normal part of life. It's the circle of life. Totally. And we are with, we're not with Disney on that. We are with no. scriptures. And we believe that death actually happened because of the curse. But that, but in Revelation, we find out there are no more curses. Right. They are gone. They yep. are dead. And death is done away with. Yeah. And, and what's so beautiful about Revelation 21 and 22 is that it 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 puts the story back to mm. Genesis 2. Yes. So what God had originally designed and created by putting humans on his earth to steward it, um, Brock used that, that great word from the previous episode, Viceroy, for us to steward this earth and to spread and to expand Eden. Mm. What stopped in Genesis 2 because of Genesis 3, now with the Revelation 21 and 22, the creation project is back on. Yep. And I think that we have this great reunion that happens. Um, and I also think that uh, it's with family, it's with loved ones, but also like I can see hanging out with Peter and James and John. Totally. Like people. Yeah. Like the idea of Christ being present in a physical, real way, that to me is like insane. But then also be sur surrounded. Uh, Paul talks about that we have this great crowd of witnesses. They are not gonna be witnessing what's unfolding anymore. They will be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And so you have this insane reunion. But then I also think, so we're present with Christ. It's very earthy. We're physical. There's jobs. There's people working. Mm -hmm. Culture, civilization. Culture is happening. Arts are still yep. like people are creating yep. and expressing. And but there's there's no more sin. There's no more greed. And we have this incredible relational connection with people. There's no insecurity or a jealousy or anger. We've learned how to love well. Um, and then also I would say this, that we have something, we will have something in the eternal state that Adam and Eve didn't have. And so I think Genesis one and two is not as good as Revelation 21 and 22. Yep. And here's, here's the difference. If you were gonna ask Adam before sin, tell me about God. My thought is that he would be like, well, he walks with me in the cool of the day. He mm -hmm. made all this stuff. Um, I love being with him. But he, I think that his knowledge of God would be limited. Mm. Ask Adam or me and you and Josh, when Christ returns and makes all things right and there's a great reunion and everything is made new and where everything is restored, tell me about God. I sinned and he mm. forgave. All of a sudden, we have the depth of understanding of how good our God is. Mm. We understand now what love is because we have experienced hate. We understand what grace is because we have, we have experienced evil judgment mm. 
and we've been thrown away because of things we've done. And yet we know how good his grace is. All of a sudden, we have not just a reunion with God, a reunion with each other, but this per, this holy perspective. Mm. And it will make life so rich. Yeah, that reminds me, um, I believe it's the beginning of chapter 22. There is that illusion there going back to Genesis 2 of the tree of life. And mm. it says that there's the healing of the nations. For the nations. The leaves are for the yeah, healing there, of the nations. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just, um, I think what you just described is the meaning of that powerful symbolism there of the tree of life and the healing of the nations. There, there's something beautiful about being healed versus never being needing to be healed. Right. So like, it's great to never need to be healed, but how amazing is it? to be healed. Yeah, well, it's even interesting. <laughs> it gives you that insane perspective. Yeah, I mean, even think about this in just everyday life now. I mean, whenever you experience something, so we'll just use my, my dad's passing as an example. I'm a different person on the other side of my dad's passing than I was before. Mm. And so then looking back on hindsight, I, I have a greater love and appreciation yes. and so many other things for my dad than I did before he passed away. And so then when I see him again on the new earth and resurrected bodies, that longing has been enriched mm. precisely because of that absence. Yeah. Uh, there's a, uh, and this may be a silly example, but um, in, in the seventies, there was a Dallas cowboy um, <laughs> who was super oh, famous and flamboyant. Oh, Lord, forgive us. And uh, I think he was a defensive end. And uh, right now I'm blanking on his name, but he'll, it will probably come to me. Um, he retired and then in the eighties, he got into drugs and uh, ended up going to prison and he lost all his wealth. He lost everything and he spent years in prison. And then he came out of prison. He got saved in prison. Wow. wow. And then he won the lottery. Are you serious? I'm not joking. I have ne I'm going to have to look this up. This, has, this is an amazing story. And he got millions. I think he may have won it twice, but at any rate, he won the lottery. And they're like, are you going to, like, is this going to ruin you? Because all this money, all this fame ruined yeah, you. Yeah. Um, and he's like, no, I know what it means. Wow. I, 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 I know loss. Wow. And I've learned from loss. And so now what this means is I get to bless. And I feel like his- uh, Hen, uh, Thomas Henderson. Hen, Henderson. I almost wow. said it. Wow. Dude, I'm gonna have to do some research on this. Dude, this sounds like it's a an insane story. story. But there's something beautiful about loss. So like it all, in the end, us looking back, so we're in the eternal state, everything is made right. And, but we have the memory of what, we have the, the gain knowledge, the gain perspective. We have, we have the memory of what was lost. Mm -hmm. And moving forward with that understanding and perspective, we're talking about uh, such deep, mature living 
can be lived out at that point because right. we have grown, we have learned, we know death. Yeah, yeah, man. There, there's a million ways I want to go with this Dude. that would take us off topic. Um, but just the and there's different viewpoints of this within theology, but like the role and purpose of suffering and how it shapes and forms us mm-hmm. um, and matures us. And um, I know in my life, the things that have matured me the most have been the most painful things. Yes, it is true. And it sucks that it's true. Yeah, well, it sucks big time. <laughs> but like, it's just... Like you talk to men who have had affairs and lost their marriage and lost their families hmm. and you sit with them and they're like, oh, it was never worth it. Yeah, boy. Like, it ruined yep. everything. It yep. wasn't worth it. But see, every one of us in the end will have that perspective and it will enable us, not not just the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but that... Uh, that gift of knowledge, yeah, that's um, good. Will will like oh my gosh, we will live with such wisdom, um, depth of wisdom and understanding well, that we lacked before sin. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not saying God caused sin. Right, that's, right. my theology doesn't say that. Right, but what I'm saying is is that's the story of redemption. So I literally right before you said redemption, <laughs> what I was singing like 30 <laughs> seconds ago was that. It seems to me that the human heart, everyone is automatically gripped. Mm. Think, think about a movie by a story of redemption. Yep. I mean, they, right? they, they, they grip us. So They're way better stories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, like, there's just something, and I don't think, you know, we would say that that's not by accident, right? Um, that the, the human heart like God has crafted it in such a way mm. that the story of redemption lines up perfectly with our longings. Yeah. All right, I got a couple questions for you guys from Revelation 21 and 22. You guys are saying, I'm saying, we're all saying, that's very earthy. Why does John say in the beginning of Revelation 21 that there's no longer any sea? Right. Are you telling me there's no ocean? Oh, there's an ocean. Don't uh, don't get uh, okay. confused. So what's going on? Well, there's an ocean, and it's awesome, and we'll be surfing together with oh. Jesus, maybe with, maybe without a surfboard. Ooh. But as you know, back to, and thanks for bringing this up, um, death and chaos. Oh, yep. Um. That's what the waters represent. Even even when we go get baptized, right? I'm going. It represents my tomb, my grave. Yeah, yeah. And so again, all of this is symbolic language. Yes. So John is saying, and Jesus through John is saying, there's no more death. There's no more chaos. There's no more. See yep. that these beasts can emerge from any right. longer right. to this torment us. Kind of, I mean, it's on this topic, but a random perspective of this that I have is when I think sea, mm. I think salt water, and so oh. when I when I think of no more sea, 
I don't think of no more water. I just think no more. I think fresh water, the thing that we need the most. Yes. Oh, interesting. To to live and like do our thing. It's like yeah. it's just a weird. Well, that actually connects because uh, the water flows from the uh, um, from the temple. Yeah, yeah. And it's fresh, and it even will turn the Dead Sea uh, into uh, fresh water. Yep. And things will bloom and grow again. Yep. And so there is something to what you're saying. Totally. Um, well, that even I think is cool. In in the ancient world, the salt water, so the ocean, they so they didn't have the technology that we have now. So they were so scared by the ocean in the sense of like shipwrecks. They they yeah where, they're not boogie boarding. Wh- where does it end? How how yeah. far? Do, like I mean, so they don't have any of the technology we have, and so the ocean for them, as Brock said, is like it stands for chaos, for death, mm-hmm. for evil. And so as John as Brock said, there John's like that's gone, dude. It's over. And then the other thing that you just said, Brock, and it's funny because I think you said it just subconsciously. So you just threw out the word temple because you're saying how the water comes out from the temple. Yeah. Now why are you using temple language to talk about Revelation twenty one twenty two? Well, because the temple covers the Boom. whole of the earth. So I grew up. This is, we, we and also and again. It, let me just before you say that, just so you, people understand, at Christ's return, He brings like heaven, heaven or slash the temple mm-hmm. covers the whole of the earth. Perfect. Okay, just I just want to make sure. We're no, clear. it's great. But I go think, ahead. One things. One of the things that we've done so often in this first season as we've explored various theological topics, as we've talked about our upbringing in terms of what we grew up thinking and then now what we think now, one of the things for me um, that I grew up imagining from Revelation 21 and 22 was that I pictured heaven. We've already talked about this in terms of, you know, God has a gray beard. He's like Santa Claus. We're sitting on the clouds with the harp, white robes, and we're singing. Part of that though, that I also thought was that like we would be on like literal golden road um, and that it would just be kind of like gold everywhere. It's gonna sound really weird because gold is such a valuable thing and I love gold. Um, but I was also kind of like bored by that. It, it, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, cause I just pictured having a sitting in a cloud and like everything was gold. And I was just kind of like, well, there's other things that I like just as much as gold. Like are there not gonna be other colors in heaven? Like, is everything just gold? Like what's going on? And then one of the things we realize in, in 21 and 22 is that, man, that is all symbolic temple language yep. of the holy of holies. That's right. Like the very sacred place of God where only a high priest could go in once a year. And Brock, you just said that when heaven comes to earth, the whole thing basically pretty much becomes the holy of holies. That's right. That is well, freaking a game awesome. changer. So, like, I've noticed that when we take kids away on retreat, they they unplug from their their lives. Um, their attention spans grow mm. each night. Yep. So I can I can literally I could do an hour talk, and they're in it. <laughs> I don't, but they would be with me. Um. We've had retreats where three, four o'clock in the morning, kids are still on their knees before God because God's presence is so thick. Wow. 
Um, okay, so you just said God's presence was th- was so it's thick. It's just so thick. So like, if we're understanding each other right here and if we're understanding Revelation 22 right and 21, that notion or that experience, it's hard to put it into words. Right. But that experience of like, when someone says like, oh, God's presence is so thick here, that is what That's the what new is. earth is gonna be like, but in the forever. Everyday. Yes. In the everyday. Amazing. Throughout your day. Exactly. And on these retreats, kids will tell me, how come I go back home? It's like, I'm living my best self when I'm at these retreats and aware of God's presence. And we go home and we become slowly unaware of God's presence, even though he's with us. But it's just like, there will be an awareness. Mm. We will live, be living our true selves, our true identity, our best selves. And um, you won't be able to run from God's presence. Mm. David talks about that in the Psalms. Where can I run from you? Like you're always with me. Yeah. Even more so in the eternal state, even more so um, right. at the end, which is the beginning. Ooh, come on, baby. <laughs> Josh just got a got a glance there. So yeah, this makes me think of, and I, I think everyone can relate to this. It's like we all have those those places. For some, it's the beach. Some, it's the mountains. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Josh is like when you play the trumpet, or there, there's all certain places or things we do where we have that. Um, and I'm gonna go back to my dad's thing now. Yep. Where it just feels like a sacred moment. Mm. God's presence is thick. There, there's something special. It's almost like time pauses. Yeah. Maybe you're looking at a sunset, walking through a forest. It's hard to articulate that feeling, but we all know what it is. Mm-hmm. And then there's, ooh, that is like the everyday in the new heaven and new earth because there's a cosmic temple. And it's not just that we're cognitively aware of God, that God is everywhere because God is everywhere right now. But there's a difference between knowing that he's everywhere and then actually encountering experientially with that. So good. That's the stuff that gives me goosebumps. Well, this is why, you know, this this news is such good news and it's not the news that I grew up with. No. And heaven was a get out of hell ticket when I, growing up for me. Yes. And this, that wasn't good news to me. And to be honest, it was the most terrifying, awful news I'd ever heard in my life. And I remember people saying, man, this is such good news. And I remember thinking, then I'm missing something <laughs> because um, this is perhaps the worst news I've ever heard in my life. But you understand that um, when the, Disciples went out and Jesus said, go into all the world and tell the good news. It was just a pronouncement. It was an announcement of that Jesus is king. Yeah, his rule and reign is available. That's right. It was such good news. Mm -hmm. And in the end, um, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord Mm -hmm. and all will be made right. And... uh, the, the news is such spectacular news on so many levels, yeah. waves and waves and waves of good news. And um, 
my gosh, I now I now I can believe in that it's actually good news. Right. Because yeah. all the wrong in me that I can't seem to overcome, I'm desperate for God to fix. Mm-hmm. All the wrong in the world, mm-hmm. um, all the loss, mm-hmm. all of that gets redeemed. All of that gets fixed. All of that gets undone. Yeah, so good. And I'm more in love with God. Uh, I mean, you just, you, God, he's so good. Mm. He is so good. He he could have just done away with us so long ago, yeah. but he... He's compelled, his love compels him and he is so good. And I trust him, even with the mysterious stuff, the scary stuff, I trust him. And uh, I so look forward, I cannot wait for him to come back. And I used to dread him coming back. I cannot wait for him to make all things right. I cannot wait to hang with loved ones and to go fishing with Peter Mm. and to see the temple cover every inch of this earth. Dude. (sighs) Yeah, there's that line. I forget where it is in the Old Testament. I think it's Isaiah. Nah, I don't know. Isaiah, Habakkuk, who knows? But it talks about the glory of God will will cover um, as the waters cover the seas. Mm. And I remember listening to a lecture by N.T. Wright. He talks about that and he said, well, the waters are the seas. Yes, that's right. It, yeah, so it's, 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 so it's, it's like redundant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that, that line's always uh, stood with me. Um, there, you said something a couple minutes ago, Brock, something like beginnings and ends, and it, it reminds me of, uh, there. there is this one hit wonder. Okay, th- I, I'm gonna see if you guys know this song. Do you guys know the song Closing Time by Semi-Sonic? Closing Time. Yeah, don't say the next Zabba, line. Zabba, da, da. <laughs> um, but so like the chorus of that, Josh, do you know what we're talking about? I know exactly what you're uh, talking okay. about. Okay. Uh, the chorus or something in that song tells like um, every new, every end is a new beginning. Or yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm yeah, not yeah, sure yeah. if I'm getting it right. That is how Revelation 22 ends. That's right. So like I, I used to view it as like this kind of static, oh, we go to heaven and then we're in heaven. But like it ends with a new beginning that then just goes on, on earth. Yeah, exactly. So like new heaven to earth, the creation project is back on task. That's right. Satan's gone. He's been defeated. Sin's gone. Death is gone. And now we go back to our original mandate to steward creation and to build and to be with friends and to eat and to play baseball and to play the trumpet and to be soaked in God's presence. And then literally we just do that for the rest of eternity. It's an adventure. Can I? Mark, just- oh. Go, Josh. I was going to say the the lyric is every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Yes. Oh, come on. Come on. Closing time. time. So good. Okay, Brock, (laughs) what were you going to say? Or, Josh, thank you too for that fact. I was going to say, will I be able to eat bread and not get chubby? Yeah, carbs, man. What is God going to do with carbs? Would Josh, or, or maybe I'm you are guessing right. I'll have discipline uh, yeah. then that I don't have now. Are you guys, are both of you doing the carnivore <laughs> diet? I was trying to. I've been failing recently. <laughs> There's so many like Christmas parties and yeah, yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's so hard. It takes a lot of discipline. Anything from Thanksgiving oh to gosh. New Year's is just horrible Sunday night time. we're going to, there's this restaurant in Brea. Chop that, House? No, but oh. Chop House is good. Uh, there's, there's this r- restaurant. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, you're talking about the McDonald's? 
Cedar Creek Inn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been they there have, and, and listener, you have to go there. Yeah, it's like a free plug. This is free promotion and for Cedar Creek Inn. I should right get here. a percentage yeah, back. Yeah, you should. Cedar Creek Inn, if you're listening, Brock Borgen. So they, they have a dessert. It's, it's a coconut cake. They have Ooh. this woman that that's all she does. All wow. she does is make this special coconut cake. I don't like coconut. But you like this their is the best cake. cake I've ever had in my life. It's insane. So we're going there Sunday night. I'm, I'm, I am having the coconut cake. Yeah, yeah. I must have the coconut yeah. cake. Yeah, and, and I we, think that there'll be coconut cake on the new earth. On the new earth, in the new heaven. Because anyway, you, you will also like coconut there too, right? I'll, and I'll love oh, coconut. Yeah, yeah. That's a wow. That's a great question. On the new earth, in your will resurrected I like peas. body. I hate peas. Oh, that too. But I'll say, will you just like regular coconut? Heavenly coconut. Maybe. Maybe. Well, let me just say this. We started this podcast in September. Mm-hmm. We've done how many episodes? 10? Is this our 10th? This is 11. 11. Oh. 11, yeah. 11, perfect. What does that mean, symbolic? One better than 10. Ooh. And... I think we should keep going. I think so. I think, I think so. I think season two. Season two. Could even be better. Wow. I'm it, pumped. It's it's the beginning of another end. <laughs> yes, sir. Whatever the line was. This has been a blast. I've so loved. Good. I've loved. Uh, I don't, you know, when we come to record, it's not something I dread. There mm. are parts of each of our jobs were like, oh, we got to go do this now. Yep. But never this. Toy. Guys, it's been a joy. It's Josh, been a I've loved that we got you a mic around episode three or four. Uh, technically, I got myself a mic, but yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was good. No, but huge, huge shout out to Josh. Oh my uh, gosh. Literally, Josh has made all of this possible on a number of different Oh my levels. gosh. So Josh, we owe you big time. Big time. Love you, you know big time. Yeah, we love you big time. Brock may take you out to dinner at Cedar to get Creek some coconut. to get that coconut Let's get cake. Some, as long as I can use the church credit card, <laughs> we're golden. <laughs> don't, don't worry, we'll use mine. <laughs> what if we recorded an episode at the Cedar oh! Creek Inn? I think I, life would just end if we Dude, did that. No, that's Th- a, that would be it. That's going to happen. <laughs> All right. So we are going to go on a little bit of a holiday hiatus. A hiatus. Um, so that we can rest and so that you can rest. And so we will be back sometime in January of 2024. We haven't nailed down a specific date yet, but sometime January 2024. Um, here's a teaser and trailer for what we're doing next. Uh, we are actually going to get into the crazy topic of spiritual warfare. Oh, come on. So uh, we will- Contending for the faith. Let's go. Contending for war. Yes, come on. Uh, We will miss Brock for like six weeks or so. So he's going on sabbatical which is so deserved. And uh, so we are- Looking forward uh, to that. Yeah. Well, we will miss Brock. We're also happy that he's able to rest. Yeah. And, so and I'll miss the first few episodes. Yeah. But I'll be listening. So we, we, we might be able to make, uh, Josh and I, we could, do, uh, we could do some jokes about Brock. and You could. You know? Hey, you, you could, know what? He's, he's got nothing to say I, back to it. I only talk about Brock when he's not here. Oh! <laughs> so. 
<laughs> and that is our healthy SAP culture. <laughs> All right. On that note, Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy we hope you New happy Year. Happy New Year. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. You're amazing. And we will see you in 2024. Peace out. Peace. Peace.